0: And welcome to another episode
2: of Subliminally Correct.
0: Taylor, what's up for today?
2: So today we're going to be talking about the release of the special counsel's report of Robert Mueller. Now with the release of this report, Republicans and Democrats are scrambling to take advantage of the headlines and to frame them in a particular light. And while the Democrats' message is that they simply would like to have the full report released so that they can break it down and analyze it and to subpoena people, Republicans are much more vocal in trumpeting the headline of no collusion, no obstruction. And they're going even further than that to demand apologies and really set the stage for 2020. And today we're going to be listening to how Republicans are framing the Mueller report's release, starting with a House Republican news conference where you're going to hear a tremendous amount of spin and reframing happening. We're then going to listen to some interviews that have been done with Republicans in the media giving a complete picture of how this is being portrayed. Now, in this first clip, we're going to be listening to Liz Cheney of Wyoming, who begins the conference. Let's take a listen to this one.
4: Well, thanks, everybody, for being here with us today. Um, We, uh, uh, again, are are focused on the extent to which we can now get back to work doing the business of the American people. We hope that uh, our colleagues on the Democratic side of the aisle uh, will do that as well now that we've seen uh, that there clearly was no collusion uh, now that we've seen that uh, it, it really is time for us to get back focused on substance. And, and we also, we, we do want to wish Speaker Pelosi a happy birthday and, and hope that she uses this opportunity to get back to doing the work that people sent us here to do, which is to continue the kind of economic growth this president has provided, uh, make sure that we continue to keep the nation safe, and uh, really move on and, and help continue the, uh, getting the nation on the path that it's been on and, and, and keeping the progress going. Um, We want to uh, talk just a little bit this morning. We've brought uh, the gentleman from Texas. Mr. Ratcliffe uh, is here joining us to talk about some of the details of what we know now about the Mueller report. And uh, with that, I would like to turn it over to uh, Mr. Ratcliffe.
0: Oh, they just start out spinning right from the beginning. This is the time. So now we can get back to work. For the American people.
2: It's like no nothing's been happening since this investigation has been going on.
0: And we hope that the Democrats will join us. <laughs> right. That's right. Implying that the Democrats don't want to do any work.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And you're going to hear reframes like this throughout this entire conference that the Republicans have done. They're really implying so many things. They're presupposing so many things. And the implication is really, really thick. And, you know, it takes kind of a second to stop and say, wait a second, what are they actually, you know, saying here? And this reference here that Liz Cheney has to Nancy Pelosi's birthday is, you know, I just thought it was really cheap, actually. (laughs) You know, it really is. And by the way, she's not the last one to say this. You're going to hear it again in another clip. And, you know, what is she really saying here? She's really trying to put this whole thing on Nancy Pelosi. What this is is this is a preframe for this entire conversation. A preframe is basically how do you set the stage and say hey this is what we're about to do. You know Liz Cheney here speaks for just over a minute, but she's really setting the stage for what every other member of this conference is actually going to say. And she's framing things to be able to say the investigation was a waste of time, nothing really happened. And that it was an impediment to the president's initiatives, such as economic growth, safety of the nation, you know, and so on.
0: Right. And all of this right here, you know, she starts out with, you know, clearly there was no collusion um, that was proven in the report. But, you know, we all know that the report says that, you know, that there wasn't a prosecutable crime, um, according to the bar letter. And so, you know, the Republicans are doing something really interesting here by conflating sort of the proven innocent with there isn't a criminal case. Mm. And that doesn't mean that there aren't sort of improper things that could have gone on. Right. But But the fact that they're saying that the Mueller report proves that there was no collusion is, you know, just not just it's just patently false. But it does make for a great um, press conference and a great talking point that they can continue to use. So you continue to to listen for that throughout all of their comments in all of these clips that we're going to listen to today. Listen to how they frame it as the report proved that Trump and his campaign were innocent. Yeah,
2: and you know another thing that really this this reminds me of is that both the Republicans and Democrats right now both have certain powers. So of course Robert Barr the Attorney General being appointed by Trump, he has certain powers to be able to release things or not release things. Of course, right now, the Democrats are calling on Barr to release the full report, and you're going to hear how Republicans are framing that you know, that request in general. But at the same time, the Democrats have certain powers to be able to, for example, um, hold hearings in the House. And what's happening is both sides are using their powers but they're not really saying the full picture of, they're not really disclosing, you know, completely what those powers then imply, and because they have these powers, it it kind of puts a, a little bit of a smokescreen on this sense of, you know, where are we really, you know, what do we really even know, you know, what we know is that, you know, Bob Mueller's report was given to the Attorney General, who again was appointed by Trump. We know that that report has now been issued, you know, Sunday in a uh, summary, right, by, by Barr, um, but we haven't yet known what's in the full report, okay, and so what's happening is is that Republicans are in one way really framing the outcomes of that report, and report in one particular way, but in another way they're kind of getting ahead of anything that's going to happen later on, and they're already starting to influence and change the minds of the voters so that they can start to think about it a certain way. Now, in this next part of this conference, we're going to be hearing John Ratcliffe. And this is really this is this is one of my favorite, you know, speakers of this whole thing, because you're, you're really going to hear how he reframes um, just just a number of things within it. Honestly, I don't know how he can say some of it with a straight face, but we're going to hear how he uh, how he goes into it. So let's uh, let's get into this next clip.
5: Cheryl woman. Um, good morning. Uh, For the past few months, uh, there has been considerable speculation as to whether special counsel Mueller would be issuing further indictments. Uh, Some have predicted and even promised uh, that he would be. On Sunday, Attorney General Barr issued a summary of the special counsel's findings, which in a sense proved some of those folks to be correct. Because while it may not be a literal one, the special counsel did issue one clear indictment. It's an indictment of those folks who accused the president of conspiring or colluding with Russia, who said that they had evidence of the president's crime when, as we all now know, uh, the special counsel said that could not possibly be true because he didn't just find insufficient evidence of collusion or conspiracy, he said there was no evidence not limited by time not limited by expense not limited by resources with the assistance of 19 federal prosecutors and 40 federal fbi agents the special counsel said there is no evidence of a trump russia collusion conspiracy which is a clear indictment of those who say they have evidence of such collusion or conspiracy So the irony of the special counsel's findings as reflected in attorney general barr's summary is that what vladimir putin could not accomplish on his own through clear efforts to meddle in our election uh, he still was able to accomplish much success as a result of those people who peddled a false trump russia collusion narrative telling americans that they had evidence of it when in fact they did not they helped putin consume the public discourse for two years about a false story that they claimed was true and in so doing gave Vladimir Putin the kind of success he could not possibly have imagined. Unfortunately, some of those very same folks, some here on Capitol Hill, instead of accepting Bob Mueller's findings, want to set them aside now and continue their own investigation. For those folks, protect Bob Mueller has now become to hell with Bob Mueller. The deification of Bob Mueller is quickly becoming the vilification of Bob Mueller. Now, the Republican position is unified. We need to move on. Again, if 19 federal prosecutors, 40 FBI agents working 18 hours a day for the last two years couldn't find any crimes to charge Donald Trump with, House Chairman and a few House staffers shouldn't be wasting our time looking for them.
0: And so here we see it, exactly what I was saying earlier is that the Republicans are framing this as though Mueller found zero evidence of a crime. And that's just not what was in the Barr's letter, but it's beautiful the way that they constantly try to refer to the letter as totally exonerating Trump, finding no evidence. And then turning that around to become an indictment of everybody who, you know, accused the president of colluding with Russia. So, because the Mueller investigation um, did not find, as they say, any evidence, that that means that everybody who said there might be some evidence is suddenly the people who are conspiring with Russia. He's the, really flipping the entire thing on its head. And now the Democrats are the ones who are helping Putin. And it's it's just marvelous. Yeah. Yeah.
2: How does he get there? How does he get to? (laughs) Where are the steps? How does he get to? They gave a false story that gave Putin the kind of success. This is what he says. They gave Putin the kind of success he could not possibly have imagined. They literally took everything that the Democrats have been saying and just said, nope, it's them. Like that. That's what. That's what uh, John Ratcliffe is doing here. He's saying, no, you're the fake news. Right. And it's the same thing that Trump did. You know, when Democrats started talking about fake news, he kind of owned that. And he said, now I'm going to call them fake news. And so fake news became the thing that Trump says, not the thing that everyone else is, you know, saying uh, about it. And so being able to just flip this, flip this around, uh, you can see now why I said this is just so, so much, you know, reframing that he's, that he's doing here. And we hear it first with this wordplay that he's doing around the word indictment. So the wordplay turns the tables, it plays loose with that word indictment. So he's taking indictment, he's saying, hey, that has multiple meanings. And we hear how he sets it up, right? The special counsel did present one clear indictment. And we're on the edge of our seats, like, who got indicted? <laughs> what is the indictment? And he said, it's an indictment of those who accuse the president of colluding with Russia. And it's kind of like, wait a second. Uh, what exactly do you mean by indictment? You know, by indictment, do you mean an actual process in front of a judicial system? Or do you mean some sort of, um, you know, social hierarchy based? You know, thing where I'm saying you did something wrong and thus I'm going to kind of hold it against you because I'm in a different position. You know, that's a completely different thing than when we were using the word indictment, you know, to begin with. But it's very smart. And the reason why is because when he's using that word indictment, he's taking all of the parts of a person that is associated with the word indictment and he's attaching them to something else. So in neuroscience, they have this idea of neurons that fire together, wire together. Neurons that fire apart, wire apart. So when we're using the same words as a person, you know, in one area of the brain, and then we're attaching it to some other area of the brain, what we're doing is we're wiring those things together. And every master persuader really knows this, you know, they understand when we tie two things together like that, that people start to think about them in a a similar way. This is what you hear us talking about on this podcast week in and week out. And really what Ratcliffe is doing here, it comes from a set of skills that I actually teach people. I teach it to them in NLP trainings. It's something called sleight of mouth, and it's being able to utilize words and change words and change the framing around words kind of organically and to do so really quickly and, you know, without a person even really noticing that you had reframed something. But we do hear here that. You know, Ratcliffe is using so many different persuasive devices, of course, with wordplay. Deification of Bob Mueller is becoming vilification. We hear the rhyming there. And the other thing that I want you to notice that he's doing and that we're going to continue to hear Republicans doing is this thing with numbers. Okay, they're, they're using a lot of numbers to be able to make what they're saying more legitimate. So, 19 prosecutors. You're going to start to count how many times you hear this. 19 prosecutors. 40 FBI agents working 18 hours a day. Yeah, I'm sure they were all working 18 hours a day, every day working 18 hours a day for the past two years, you know, and he says it with this cadence and he kind of drills it in 19, 40, 18, two. And then you go, Oh yeah, well he's giving us numbers. So that must mean that it's more real, but actually, you know, numbers don't necessarily prove a point. They're just numbers. And they can take any number in which they want and keep saying it in order to make it seem more legitimate. But that is one of the main tactics he's using here to make it seem more legitimate. Right. And so, you
0: know, we really end up with a situation where it starts with this one little, you know, slide of mouth. And, you know, then they continue to build on that. And, uh, and sort of construct the, all of the scaffolding around it. They're building all of their points on this original, the sort of this uh, original sin of, you know, uh, uh, no collusion, proven innocent. And then uh, also using this sort of sleight of mouth for indictment and indictment. And then building this entire case all around all of that. And, you know, it's really beautiful to see them sort of being able to build a rather misleading narrative from some stuff that's that's relatively simple and
2: straightforward. Um, you know, it's it. This is spin at its best. Right. And now in this next clip, we're going to hear the spin, the the uh, in in one way, it's inoculation like we've talked about in, per, in prior uh, podcasts. And we're going to hear it about this. It's, it's inoculating against one particular type of objection, and it is about something that's going to be really requested by Democrats, which is release the full report. And let's hear now what how Radcliffe kind of handles this preemptively in this next clip.
5: I want to close by anticipating your first question, the full release of the Mueller report. Republicans are united in our position that we do want the full release of the report as allowed by law. That's the same position that the Attorney General is taking. The law, however, does not allow for the release of classified information. The law does not allow for the release of grand jury testimony. So, to be clear, Democrats who yesterday and today are calling for a full report to be released immediately without those considerations are, in fact, asking the attorney general of the united states to violate the law and if he did so i submit to you they would be the very first ones to accuse him of violating the law i'd like to now turn it over to whip scalise
0: oh man and so right here we have you know vilifying the democrats now the republicans seem like the very reasonable ones you know it's funny how they managed to sort of flip the scales. You know, all of these two years now, the Democrats have been saying that the Republicans are, you know, the ones who are stymieing things and stopping, you know, the truth from getting out. But wait, now, since, you know, Mueller has proven Trump innocent, that they're the victims and that now they're upholding the rule of law. And it's
2: the Democrats who just want to burn the house down. Yeah. And it's and you're going to hear how this deck keeps getting stacked again and again and again. Like this, this was definitely um, something planned, you know, in terms of I think that they've been planning this for a while. What are they going to do once the Mueller report gets released? Here's what he's doing here in this first part of this clip you just listened to. He says, first of all, you know, Republicans are united. okay, and that we do want the full release of the report. You know, we, we do want it to be released. And so probably everyone who was in favor of that kind of relaxes a little bit, don't they? They kind of relax a little bit. They go, oh, oh, you want the full report to be released as required by law. Oh, OK. And so does the attorney general. So now they're relaxed. OK. And then the next thing he says is, but the law doesn't allow us to release it in classified information it doesn't allow us to release (laughs) we want to but we can't yeah it's it's the law that's stopping us so this is you know a, a tactic of you know what i'm not really the one in control here it's all of this other stuff that's preventing me from doing that it's like someone's going to buy something like maybe you've had this experience where you're saying well, you don't really want to say completely no to the salesman or salesperson, you know, that's offering you something. And so you say, ah, you know what, I'm going to go talk to my wife about it or my husband about it. I'm going (laughs) to, you know, the, you know, we need to talk about this first before we, before we do it. And, you know, I, it's, it's not me, it's just my corporate policy, for example, that makes it so that I, you know, can't give you $5 off your internet bill. (laughs) You know, it's, that's, that's really what we're talking about here. And, Um, What we're hearing is, you know, the law doesn't allow us to do this. You know, but what's conveniently deleted here is that these are lawmakers. They're lawmakers. These are the people who literally are creating the law. And uh, but that doesn't mean they can't, you know, say that to use the law as an excuse, basically. (laughs) Okay.
0: They conveniently let that part out. Right,
2: right. Now the other thing that he does here is that he is, he says this this line about you know Democrats who are asking for the full report are in fact asking for the Attorney General of the United States to violate the law and it's like we wouldn't want that you know we wouldn't want for the poor Attorney General to be forced to be put in a position where he would violate the law and you know gas maybe be you know subject to some sort of legal action that they would have to approve. Um, you know, but what what is happening here is that, you know, as he says that, of course, it's a reframe. But notice this is that he could have just said the attorney general. Right. But he doesn't. He says they are, in fact, asking for the attorney general of the United States to buy. Via- so he adds that phrase of the United States to make it sound more official, it's like using someone's middle name, right? Like all of a sudden you're 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 official, and it's and it's in this capacity. Like how dare you violate that sanctity, you know, of this position, right? That's that's the idea that they're they're getting to.
0: Now the next clip from Steve Scalise is a real beauty, and this is where they sort of double down on you know this this report, completely vindicating Trump and emphasizes all of that effort and money and time that we wasted because of the Democrats.
3: I'm glad that the Mueller investigation is finally over. And he found what we found a long time ago. Uh, There was never any collusion uh, between uh, Trump or the Trump campaign and Russia. Uh, In fact, we again found that uh, a long time ago. There was over $20 million of taxpayer money Uh, that was spent on this investigation, and it completely vindicates President Trump. And and let's be clear, when you look at some of the wild and baseless accusations that were made over the last two years by leading Democrats here in Congress, uh, including Adam Schiff, Chairman Schiff, who said there was more than circumstantial evidence that there was collusion. Today's a day about accountability to those people who made those reckless claims, who not only made those claims against the president, but continue. They can't give it up. They continue to want to harass the president and his family. Enough is enough. The American people are disgusted with this abuse of power, um, with this continued pursuit of attacking the president and his family, regardless of where the facts lead. It's the opposite of what any kind of investigation should be about. There was a clear investigation, a long investigation, A thorough investigation, and it found no collusion, as we knew all along. It's time for those folks that are upset with the result of the 2016 election to stop abusing their positions of power to try to go after the president and his family just because they don't like the fact that he won the election.
2: So here we hear, you know, Steve Scalise really going and talking about that, that accountability. And here's what I found interesting about this. He said, you know, we found this years ago. And I wondered, you know, what exactly does he mean by that, that we found this out years ago? Uh, you know, as I heard it, it sounded like we made up our minds about this years ago. And he says, we spent $20 million of over 20 million of taxpayer money and all of it and what, what specifically was it, all of it completely vindicates President Trump. So, a little bit vague there about what is he really saying. And then we hear this very inspirational kind of message. And, you know, you, you've heard this before. you heard it in the State of the Union. You've heard it in some of those victory speeches. You know, these are all previous episodes you can go and listen to. And he says, today is the day about accountability. Now, doesn't that sound a little bit uh, revelatory or inspirational? It's like, this is the time. This is what we're doing. It's this kind of sense of leadership. And what he's doing there is when he says today, first of all, he brings people into the present moment. And then when he's talking about accountability, that's one of those words that's so broad that it's really very hard to be definable. So, accountability you know, from whom and to whom, okay? Accountability in, in what specific way, you know, in, in what way are people going to be held accountable? And, you know, for what that they've done, all of it is, is very vague um, in terms of what he's saying to those people who have made those, you know, wild and baseless and reckless claims. And then, you know, he continues. He continues saying about how they continue. They can't give it up. They continue to harass him. You know, enough is enough. And he keeps saying this this phrase, of the, they continue to harass the president and his family. They continue to do it with the president and his family. And, you know, I just wonder, like, what does he mean there? Is he talking about Jared? Is he talking about, you know, Donald Trump Jr.? Is who is he talking about? And with any other president, like, if this were Obama and we were talking about, you know, Michelle Obama and his two daughters, like, he might have a, they might have a case saying something like that because, they're not involved in the political, you know, aspect or the running of the administration. But we know that Jared Kushner and John Jr. definitely are, you know, or at least at high level of his organization. And so, you know, what does it really mean here to, to make that, that attack, attacking the president and his family? And yet it seems like, oh, well, there should be the separation, the politics and the family. But in this case, it doesn't really completely apply. You know, no one is attacking, you know, those of his family who are not associated with this in some way.
0: Yeah, I just really love this giant victory lap that all the Republicans are taking right now that, you know, this is their moment to turn everything around. And now they're the ones in the power uh, in in this sort of uh, this dispute. So we hear him go on and on and on about, you know, this tragedy And how the American people are disgusted with this abuse of power. You see how he's sort of doing some mind reading right there. What does it mean that the American people are disgusted with this abuse of power? Who uh, in America, which American people? Are they Republicans or is it everybody? And how does he know what they're thinking? How does he know what they're feeling about that abuse of power? And is it even an abuse of power? And then further... Uh, he goes on, um, to, uh, to talk about how, you know, like, like Taylor said right here, is, uh, you know, they're, they're attacking the president and his family. That, that humanizing element of it, as if you're just, you're just assaulting and berating these, these innocent people who have been proven of no, uh, no collusion, no wrongdoing, they've done nothing wrong, even though, we go back to the report, there was no evidence of a crime. That doesn't mean that there's anything that's morally improper or anything that, you know, might be unbecoming of the office or or anything that might just be, you know, unprovable in a court of law. So we see that conflation, but then they take that and they say that Democrats aren't doing this for any other reason. They're doing it, you know, because they have this this malice and this hatred this irrational hatred for President Trump and so listen to this because that's the theme through all of these clips here is that you know the Democrats just want to you know hate President Trump irrationally and cause all of these problems and that's what you're gonna hear
2: yeah so in this next clip uh, we're gonna be listening to Kevin McCarthy who is the next speaker in this and he's gonna be bringing us back with that inspirational message of course with a twist, with a little bit of a a framed answer on on the end of it. Uh, So let's take a listen to his clip.
1: Sunday was a very good day for America. Regardless of where you stand politically, it's a moment in time that we got the answer to the question. It was a very clear answer, no collusion. It is a moment in time that America can now move forward. But as we move forward in this new chapter, we should learn from this moment. For those who misled the American public, for those who said for more than two years that there is circumstantial evidence of collusion, owe America apology. They owe this country an apology. To mislead us, to lead us down a path, to withhold our ability to solve problems that were before the American public, and now it's a moment of time for the Democrats to turn a page, not to waste their majority, as they have for the time that they've been in, to focus on the issues that the American public care most about, from the economy to what Whip Scalise talked about—a trade provision that we need to put onto the floor and pass—to our ability to continue to work together. Today is Nancy Pelosi's birthday. I wish the speaker a happy birthday. The wish I hope she makes today is that she will turn a page. That she will also take a moment within her own conference, because when it comes to the Intel Committee, those are selected by the speaker and the leader on the Republican side. To bring the confidence back to the Intel Committee, you cannot have a chair of a committee THAT MISLED THE AMERICAN PUBLIC, MISLED THEIR CONFERENCE, IN A MOMENT THAT WE NOW HAVE AN ANSWER. IT IS A TIME TO TURN THE PAGE AND LET AMERICA TRUST THE COMMITTEE AGAIN. WITH THAT, I'LL TAKE YOUR QUESTIONS. DO
4: YOU THINK THE PRESIDENT IS OWED AN APOLOGY AND IF SO, FROM WHOM?
1: I THINK HE'S OWED AN APOLOGY FROM EVERY INDIVIDUAL THAT STOOD THERE AND SAID THEY HAD PROOF. IF THEY SAID THEY KNEW OF COLLUSION if they said and went on the American public and misled that took us down this path that we spent 22 months 25 million dollars 40 FBI agents 19 attorneys went to 13 foreign countries 2800 subpoenas 500 witnesses and no collusion
0: you see what I don't get right here is that there is nothing wrong with investigating a crime regardless of whether it turns out in their favor or not, you know, that's another issue, but they seem to be in this moment here talking about how it's such a travesty that the police investigated. <laughs> and it's just, you know, and it, as if they investigated and they turned up nothing. Well, they did, you know, find a lot of Russians who broke the law. They did get to the bottom of, you know, the, Exactly what Vladimir Putin did. And they did, you know, indict a lot of other people. But this is such a tragedy that we spent all of this money just because they didn't get Trump. And it's sort of funny. Exactly. He's still, he's flipping that script right there and omitting so many facts and so many things that, you know, I, like Taylor said earlier, I don't know how he can say this with a straight face, but he manages to do it. And um, this is this is
2: very remarkable. Yeah. And that, that's a great point. Right. It's like, OK, when they're talking about this idea of this investigation actually produced nothing, that's not true. <laughs> that's just not true. You know, just because President Trump wasn't indicted at the end of it. You know, it doesn't mean that there weren't several others, you know, along the way that, you know, and close personal associates of him, of course, was, you know, part of that. You know, there that, that were, you know, linked into all of that. Um, So let's let's break down, you know, some of what Kevin McCarthy, you know, just said here and kind of ended this, you know, Republican um, press conference on. And, you know, he starts off with this idea of just being very kind of inspirational. Sunday was a very good day for America. (laughs) I love this part, regardless of where you stand politically. Yeah, right. Come on. Uh, It was a moment in time that we got the answer. I mean, doesn't you hear how he leads up to this? It was a very clear answer: no collusion. It was a moment in time that America can now move forward. And so you hear what him saying. There's a repetition, right? Moment in time, very clear answer. And what 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 he's saying is he's bringing you right into that that uh, time and that moment, making it as though almost like it's a magic moment or it's a special moment or. You know, this is like a moment that you might enjoy with a loved one, right? There's there's this moment in time. It was a very special day. It was a moment in time. And he starts to bring it up, you know, as though you went to Disney World or something. You know, it's like, wow, this this thing, you know, happened and now America can move forward. But, again, move forward in what way? What, what are we really talking about here? You know, has America not been moving forward up until now? It's the same idea of make America great again. Wait a second, so you're saying it's not great now, right? There, there are these implications or inferences that are not necessarily said, but but are there in in the background. And if you just hear it really, really quickly as he goes by, you know, people can start to go, oh, yeah, well, he's right about that. But it's so laced thick, you know, with this uh, this framing here. And, you know, he says, you know, and as we move forward in this new chapter, we should learn from this moment. And he sounds almost, you know, FDR ish, you know, right here, doesn't he? He sounds so, you know, like one of those (laughs) great presidents of the past. We should learn from this moment. But then he just goes somewhere that's very petty. You know, we should learn that for those who misled the American public, they owe America an apology. They owe this country an apology. Yeah, okay. All right. And now it's the time for Democrats to turn the page. We, you know, and we could just keep breaking this down so much here, you know, of what what he does. And then we hear again, you know, today is Nancy Pelosi's birthday. I wish the speaker a <laughs> happy birthday. The wish that I hope she makes today is to turn a page. And, you know, this is... I just don't even know why they would, you know, say this type of thing because, yeah, maybe the base is really going to like it because they don't like Nancy Pelosi. But it's just the the epitome of pettiness, right? It's like you're going to tell someone on their birthday and give them this kind of backhanded compliment. Like, why would you even put that in your speech? It, it seems right. like really... You know, not very nice. And, um, you know, you can't have a chair of the committee. They're talking about the intelligence committee. It's time to turn a page and let America trust the committee again, again, implying that they don't. And so then we hear um, he says, "With that, I'll take your questions." And he goes into this idea. You know, uh, someone asked him, "You know, do you think the president is owed an apology?" Well, he just said that you know he was, and but then he goes into some of his more off-the-cuff remarks. But really, he what you are hearing here is some of his unscripted but rehearsed talking points. So he basically puts all of his talking points right there into one sentence and or into a couple sentences. And if you want to hear it, just listen back to the clip of where he, you know, talks about this. And what's the main thing he does? Numbers, right? We go back to the numbers. 22 months, 19 attorneys, you know, 40 this, 13 foreign countries. What does that have to do with anything? 13 foreign countries. okay? (laughs) 2800 subpoenas, 500 witnesses and no collusion. This is stacking. This is that sales technique, right? This is you know, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is true, this is true, this is true, and so, here's the conclusion, and no collusion. Right? Well, oh, that rhymed. That was pretty good. Um, but, you know, he he, does, he stacks the deck like that so that he can have that thing right there at the end that he kind of inserts, and that's the part that tends to stick into a person's mind. Very, very persuasive. Very, very persuasive. Right, and so, you know, all of this is the, the Republicans clutching
0: the at, you know, what a horrible, you know, waste of time and waste of American money and outrageous, uh, you know, act toward the president. Now, in the next section here, we're going to be talking about a press conference that Lindsey Graham held in which he sort of built on a lot of this. So he likes to talk about how he knew all of this way back in the beginning uh, and wants to draw comparisons to 2016. So the theme you're going to hear throughout this entire thing is him comparing 2016 and, and uh, the investigation into Hillary Clinton uh, to the investigation into Trump now. And so take a listen for that. We'll start with this clip here.
6: A counterintelligence investigation is designed to protect the entity being uh, f- uh, targeted by a foreign power. In Diane Feinstein's case, she had somebody working with her that the FBI suspected of having an inappropriate relationship with the government of China. They told Diane about it and she let the guy go. That's the way it's supposed to work. How did it fail and break down here? Was it a ruse to get into the Trump campaign? I don't know, but I'm going to try to find out. As to the Clinton email, Disposition. Why did Comey do what he did? Why did he take over the investigation in July, make a statement that uh, she did a lot of bad things but not quite a crime? That did affect this election. And if the shoe were on the other foot, Republicans would have been pretty mad about that. What was the conflict that made Loretta Lynch? so unable to preside over the clinton email investigation was it just a tarmac meeting or was it more i believe there was more there and i intend to get to there
2: wow so here we hear a lot of those different rhetorical questions right and you know why did comey do what he did and, and what was the conflict you know that uh made loretta lynch Unable to preside over the Clinton investigation. Was it just a tarmac meeting or was it more? I believe that it was more. And You, know, you hear this kind of, this is like, you know, the, the conspiracy theory, you know, Netflix special, right? It's like, you know, here are the questions that are being posed, right? Um, you know, is it true that aliens might have landed on the planet? We don't know for sure, but I intend to find out. You know, and it's like, <laughs> this is this is what he's doing here with these very rhetorical questions. And, you know, I don't know, you know, that uh, Lindsey Graham necessarily has, you know, an ulterior motive here. And, you know, and that he's that he's saying these things you know, he might just be genuinely, you know, kind of wondering inside of himself. And this is how he kind of thinks through things. But let's remember that he's giving a press conference you know having these these you know out loud thoughts and hypotheticals you know while he's having a press conference does in fact you know influence people and it's it's creating a particular perception that he's steering someone's you know um, ideas inside their mind you know a particular way and you know again we're hearing him talk about you know if the shoe were on the other foot I wonder what would have happened and he doesn't have to answer that because everyone else answers that inside of their own head and that you know when they're answering it in their head they come up with their own conclusions of course the people who like him and his base are going to come up with conclusions that are going to be different from the democrats but he definitely you know leads the mind in a particular way you know like what was the conflict that made loretta lynch unable to preside over the clinton investigation that's a a uh, presumption, right? That's a, that's a presupposition that's there within the sentence within the sentence that she was unable to do that. Um, so you know we hear a lot of that type of implication in what he's saying here.
4: Right.
0: Yeah. If you weren't doubting, you know, the uh, motivations or you know the actual facts before you heard Lindsey Graham pose these questions, you might be now. Uh, you know, did. This happened this way, or was it even more? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, he does he he does that, and he goes back and forth if the shoe were on the other foot. Um, and just like, you know, the Republicans that we played just before this, you know, it's all of that, you know, we're extremely outraged. And if this was, you know, happening to the Democrats, they would be just as outraged. But you know what? It did happen to the Democrats, and they were outraged. Um, And so, you know, it's it's funny how they want to draw everybody's memory back to that 2016 election to sort of, I don't know, garner sympathy or shame the press into being more sympathetic toward them, whether
2: it's warranted or not. Yeah. And he does say this thing about Comey, right? You know, why was it that Comey did what he did? If the shoe were on the other foot, Republicans would have been mad about that. You know, I wonder why he brings that part in. She was on the other foot exactly and and everybody was
0: outraged and, and comey's the perfect example because both sides loved him and hated him at times and uh and you know i don't know
2: maybe it sort of defeats his point in this entire moment if you think about it too much yeah and so we're going to continue here and you know in this in this next segment that we're going to be listening to uh, we're going to be switching to a an interview that was done on CNN, and this interview was with Donna Bash, and it's Ted Cruz um, talking about the Mueller report. And you know that we've talked about Ted Cruz in the past. Uh, you know, if you listen to um, if you're going to run in Texas, was an episode that we did on you know Ted Cruz and the Better Work Race. You know, which has a lot of quotes from from Ted Cruz there. And we also talked about him in our episode on Facebook. And so, you know, if you've listened to those episodes, some of what and how we frame Ted Cruz's uh, discourse and dialogue in the past. And this, he kind of continues this in, in a different way. Of course, now he has a beard. And so that might, you know, change things up a little bit. Uh, but let's go ahead and listen to this uh, this first clip here with uh, his interview.
4: So, as you mentioned, a senior Justice Department official is telling CNN that uh, he's not recommending any further indictments. But we do know That there are other investigations going on elsewhere in the Justice Department into the president's businesses, his inaugural committee, his charitable foundation. Are Republicans right to be popping the champagne right now? I'm not saying you are, but others are. Or is it premature?
7: Uh, uh, Listen, if if anyone thinks that the Mueller report being concluded is, is the end of the Democrats' attempt to take down President Trump, they haven't been paying attention the last two years. You know, it was striking as I listened to your interview with Congressman Nadler that that, that he was immediately pivoting away. Okay, fine. You, you know, yesterday the Mueller report was the end all and be all. It was going to be the salvation for the Democrats and destroy President Trump. Now you can already see the Democrats pivoting away, saying, "Okay, well, we need to do other investigations. It's got to be someone else. It's got to be but, the Southern District of New Senator, York. It's got to be the New York Attorney General. It's got to be Congress." But Senator,
4: it is the Justice Department. And, and it's the President's Justice Department.
0: So I'm going to cut it off right there because, you know, this is interesting. What he's doing here is that, you know, he's really, you know, doubling down on the vilification of Democrats, right? And this, this sort of idea that the Democrats just irrationally hate Trump. So he has this golden quote, you know, if anyone thinks that the Mueller report being concluded is the end of the Democrats' attempt to take down Trump, they haven't been paying attention. Attempt. Right. So... (laughs) So, you know, think about that right there you know if the you know if you don't agree with me, then you're just not smart enough, you're just not paying attention, you just haven't you know gotten all of the facts, so you need to learn some more facts to see everything my way you're you're just you're just wrong
2: yeah, and yesterday we were talking this way, but now this is what's happening. you know we hear this in a lot of these clips is this idea of playing with time. Okay, yesterday this was happening, but now. Remember, we, we heard that in the, uh, the, the segment with Kevin McCarthy. You know, today is a special day. That magic moment, that moment in time. Well, here, you know, Ted Cruz is talking about now. This is what it's about now. And they're bringing it right to that, that moment to be able to say, hey, you know what, everything that happened in the past, that doesn't exist anymore, right? We're just talking about now because now we've got the report. And now that we have the report that you know conclusively proves that you know no collusion with Russia and so on, um, now that we have the report, none of that other stuff you know even matters, and so we can just you know kind of let that go. And so you can see the Democrats you know pivoting away from that and uh, you know not wanting to talk about that anymore. That's that's what he's doing. So in this
0: next part here, you are going to hear him really talking about you know this conversation that she had with Congressman Nadler. Uh, in, in a very interesting way to sort of, you know, rebut somebody who's not even there and then reframe his thoughts. So let's take a listen here.
7: But, but Dad, my, my point is you asked Congressman Nadler wh- wh- whether the House is, is going to impeach the president. I'll answer that for you. Yes, they fully intend to impeach the president and, and, and they don't care about the basis. You know, twice, Congressman Nadler said something remarkable. He said, listen, the special counsel's focused on crimes. We're not all that concerned with crimes. Our focus, this is Democrats in the House, is much broader than crimes. What, what, what they're basically saying is they're going to impeach the president for being Donald Trump. And, and they don't care about the evidence. They don't care about the but substance. But you know
4: much you know, better every than Democratic I that the, the, presidential the candidate candidate can ought, ought to be asked indict a president. It's, it's against their, their guidelines. So it, is that a bit of a red herring?
7: Well, we'll see what's in the report. And, and, and as a member of the Judiciary Committee, I'm going to read the report. I want to give it a fair consideration. And, and I, I hope and expect the American people to have the chance to do the same thing. But my point is the extreme left in the Democratic Party, they, they, they have so much anger and hatred directed at the president that we're going to see the Democrats moving forward with impeachment, whatever the evidence. That's why you're seeing Democrats like Congressman Nadler say, don't worry about crimes. Our focus is not crimes. That's just the Bob Mueller's focus. Our focus is broader. What their focus is is politics, and, and, and they need to, to set aside the rage and anger. Listen, I disagreed with Barack Obama on a host of issues, but I didn't believe he should be impeached. The, the, the extremism that we're seeing in the Democratic Party their focus but, is obsessively on trying to destroy the president of this administration that, that's not good for the american people we ought to be coming together and solving the real problems in this country okay. not just engaged in relentless political warfare
0: oh boy where do we begin here
2: yeah yeah he really you know goes goes into this uh you know quite a bit so All right. So you asked, you know, here's how he starts it. You know, you asked Congressman uh, Nadler if the House is planning to impeach President Trump. And I'll answer that for you. All right. (laughs) It's like, let me let me talk about something that you weren't asking me. And let me just, you know, kind of make my point. That's, you know, just an amazing uh, persuasive device right there. It's like, you know, you thought you were talking about this other thing. Let me go and talk about something else as if you're continuing to have the conversation with Congressman Nadler, right? And then he just continues, and he says, yes, and, so yes, and they don't care about the basis, right? They don't care about the basis. And, you know, he's going into this idea of um, our focus is on, you know, is broader than crimes. Now, we don't really know what they've actually said here, right? We, we don't know what they've actually you know, said actually in, in, in their remarks. But all he's doing is he's quoting them and probably out of context, right? Our focus is broader than crimes. And then he says, What they're basically saying, now you should listen for that phrase. What they're basically saying, so this is kind of his opportunity to now reframe it, is this and, you know, that other thing. And, you know, he says, What their focus is, is politics. Yeah, as if, you know, that's no one else's focus who is a, a politician. Um, Now, at one point, you know, she tells him, you know, is that a bit of a red herring? You know, red herring is a fallacy of relevance, right? And he goes, you know, I don't know. But what I do know is, you know, this other (laughs) this other thing. Um, And, you know, he talks about
0: I just I just want to read the report. I just I just want to see what the after he makes all of these arguments about what the report says and how the Democrats are wrong. And she asks him. Isn't that a little bit of a red herring? He says, I don't know. I just want to read the report. I just want to, let's just stop and let's just take a step back. Right.
2: Which is what everyone, you know, wants to do is to read, you know, the full report. And, you know, it doesn't look like we're actually going to be able to read, you know, the full report or, you know, have a discussion on the full report. Um, But that's, you know, he uses it when it works for him and then he doesn't use it when it doesn't work for him. And, you know, then he has this great. Hard, you know, I disagree with President Obama, but I didn't want to see him impeached, right I didn't think he was should be impeached. And you know it's kind of like with <laughs> the benefit of retrospect, the fact that Obama wasn't impeached, right that he can actually even say that, right? Because if Obama was still in office, then he might be saying it a little bit differently.
0: He's He's saying that if you uh, want to impeach somebody, then it's only on the basis of disagreeing with them and that's what the democrats are trying to do it's really you know the way he ties that up there is just is is uh you know i don't know very misleading yeah
2: and that's and that's what we've been hearing you know quite a bit is that you know all of this investigation was really just a run around it wasted taxpayer money and taxpayer dollars and after all of this that taxpayers had to endure and the country couldn't move on and you know, we were stuck in this, you know, for, for so, so long, you know, look what came out of it. Absolutely nothing. It's all because, well, they just didn't like him. They just disagreed with the 2016 election. So everything else that they've been saying, let's just kind of set that to the side. Right. Uh, because what this really comes down to is they just don't like him. Uh, they're trying to impeach president Trump for being president Trump. Right. Um, and, you know, not for anything that he may or may not have have done. And I guess, you know, we're going to see as this whole thing continues to play out and as, you know, maybe that full report, you know, will be available and more information, you know, will come out, what actually is, you know, being said, you know, by by Bob Mueller and, you know, through his team. And, of course, you know, we have to remember that even as, you know, Bob Mueller has turned over his report, he's not a stupid guy. And so he kind of knew what could and couldn't happen with his words and with you know what he was uh presenting and so my guess is that he kind of played up to that he he incorporated what he thought would do the job that he you know thought needed to be done and he left out the things that he thought simply wouldn't happen based on the current politics that's happening within uh you know the administration all right, I think that's about all the time we've got for today.
0: Head on over to our website, subliminallycorrect.com, and you can find all of our episodes there. And also, if you click in the top right corner, you can find our Patreon page. Um, feel free to head on over there, check out some of our exclusive content, only for people who pledge a certain amount. You can pledge as little as a cup of coffee just to keep us on the air, all the way up to you know helping to provide for our server costs you know, podcasts aren't free. And, uh, this helps support, you know, all of this great content that you love. And, uh, if you really love our show and you want to send us some feedback as well, head on over to Twitter or Facebook, uh, find uh, subliminally correct and, uh, go ahead and send us your questions, comments, things that you liked, things that you didn't like. And if you're lucky, we might even uh, read some of it on the air and we'll see you next time.